Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to the Kitchen Garden Magazine podcast, your fortnightly fix of gardening features, advice and chat. Subscribe and follow us now to never miss an episode. Stephanie Hafferty is an award-winning author, organic no-dig kitchen gardener, homesteader, and has lent her hand to some of the best kitchen gardens in the country. She is an active and extremely popular contributor to all social media platforms and writes and appears in many popular publications. Always willing to dispense advice and share her in her successes and failures, she is also a well-respected chef who not only grows her own, she cooks her own and has written books on it and contributed to many other books. But anyway, uh, welcome to Who's on the Grapevine. And how have you been in these uh, travelling quite a few months now? It's not just a short amount of time now. It seems to be going on forever, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, I think it's driving everybody bonkers, isn't it? I think it is. I'm, yeah, quite simply put, there's... What can you do, though? I suppose this. Um, I suppose this. The people just don't know. You have one thing someone says, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and then something else is put forward. So I think it's just the uncertainty that is probably upsetting most people now. Yeah, and you can't make any plans. I think no. that's the strangest thing. And this year was going to be so busy. I had so many things booked. I was speaking at most of the RHS shows at Gardeners World Live. Um, I was building a show garden, all kinds of things were happening. And suddenly it was all cancelled. And mm. I know this has been similar for so many other people that you have the year of work booked and it's all gone. So, um, yeah, it's really weird. So I'm tentatively booking for things for next year and you just got to keep your fingers crossed. I think you have to hope for the best and plan for yeah. the worst. But, um, I, I know um, from a few other interviews I've done that um, it's the lifeblood for a lot of people. Um, as you say, the, the shows, not just the big shows, but doing the um, going around all the kind of regional shows and even the garden clubs and things like that is, is where you can sell a lot of books. Exactly. And as you all say, of... it's lifeblood and then suddenly it just went, gone. Yeah, all of that was cancelled. I had a really full diary, um, local gardening groups all across the southwest. Mm. Everything cancelled. I'm actually not booking any for next year on the smaller groups just because um, I just want to be a little clearer about what's happening. But I am mm. working on 
doing um, Zoom presentations. I've done a few already. Yeah, um, it seems to be the way forward, to be honest. Yeah, it's a shame because I like seeing people. Mm. And particularly because I work, most of my gardening is on my own. And most obviously as a writer, yeah. you do that on your own. It's it's really nice to see another human being. <laughs> so that has been... Yeah. Yeah, my, my neighbours get chatted to a lot here, you know, over the fence. It's like, hello, somebody. <laughs> yeah, but I, I work on my own. I'm a landscaper and I work on my own. I don't, don't employ people, never have. Well, if I need to, I will. But um, and as you say, but it's your, it's your customers and the people you see out and about, the postman. These are the interactions that get you by, which I think a lot of people have obviously lost out of when, yeah. the, um, when the lockdown came. And as you're saying, you're... You're quite down there, um, you're in Somerset, aren't you? Yeah. And as you say, I mean, where I live is quite highly populated in Berkshire. But as you say, the further away you get, as you say, this is where people have suddenly just miss that little bit of human interaction and you don't realise it, like a lot of things in life, until you haven't got it. I know. And Going and buying back. a loaf of bread is like the peak of a social world. I spend hours planning my outfit. <laughs> and so you should. I used to work in a bakery when I went to college, and so you should. Uh, going and get your splits in. <laughs> I mean, as you say, I mean, a few other. As you say, a lot of people being hit. I mean, do you think it's going to come back quite well? Because obviously, it's, it basically wiped out the um, the garden industry in that in some senses. Do you see it? Have you noticed it slowly coming back? Um. Think, uh, well, the writing side of things wasn't wiped out. Book no. sales have been really good. I mm -hmm. still write for the same magazines and their sales have been really good. Yeah. So that side of things is great. Um, I think a lot of people got into gardening during lockdown. And yeah, for sure, some, once their work picks up again, they won't have the time or whatever to continue mm -hmm. with it. But others will continue. So I think it has encouraged more people to get into growing even if it's just on their windowsill which is lovely and um i think the talks will come back for sure if the venues are open i know even you know gardening clubs which have decided to not book at all for themselves next year that have been emailing me about the following year hmm. um they're all really keen to start everything again it's just a question of when and nobody can know that so you've just got to keep optimistic really as much as oh, you yeah. can no one can tell the future unfortunately no no, no this is it i'd say i think the secret's going to be this interesting gardening allotments etc is is how you keep hold of these people is going to be because as you say they've had a lot of spare time and then suddenly when their time gets grabbed by other things how do you keep their interest because well then they sh they need no dig allotments which mm -hmm. are much more time friendly yeah. yeah they require less time each week so um something like that i think if they adapt to using methods which are better for people when because most my allotment which is up the road mm. i've mostly i've had that i think 16 years and mm. All of that time, I've either been, you know, like three small children, they take up a lot of time, uh, yes, or that, working yeah. full time, plus being a single mum of three children, then there would have been teens, and, or, or you know, ch yeah. older than babies. Yeah, and, um, moment, yeah. and so you're fitting it in evenings and weekends and, st and in between things. So, uh, and it's a 
you having like a no dig allotment just saves so much time and it makes it more achievable and i'm i've got arthritis as well so it's not like i'm super fit woman that sometimes my bones are a bit creaky so it's i think it is achievable if you use the right methods definitely yeah. no, no, i totally agree well it's a bit like as you say managing your allotment no dig helps and also trying to do things to make biodiverse, but trying to make things as you see grow things that maybe sometimes you have to grow a nasturtium or something to keep one pest away from what you truly want to do. Actually, nasturtiums is an interesting one because that's a bit of a myth. People oh, right. say, I'm going to grow nasturtiums mm. and that will keep, attract the caterpillars away from my brassicas. Mm. And the cabbage white butterfly is not going to go and lay her eggs on your nasturtiums and ignore your Brussels sprouts. That isn't how it works. No. Um, no, no, in no. fact, I have um, somewhere on my computer a great photo of a bed, and I was away for a week working. This was last year when, when I used to be able to go away yeah, and work for a week. To go out. And um, <laughs> the netting had blown off my Brussels sprouts while I was away, and I covered it back when I got home. It was butterfly netting. But the cabbage, the butterflies had gotten and they'd laid her eggs. And yeah. next to this bed, there just happened to be nasturtiums. That's where I was growing them. And a month later, all of my Brussels sprouts, which I hadn't noticed, had the eggs, had been stripped down to the bone, and there was barely a nibble on the nasturtiums. Ooh. So they are good to grow. And if the butterfly lays her eggs on those, then you're providing a food source for the predators of mm. the caterpillar, as well as obviously... Yeah. We do need butterflies in the ecosystem, even cabbage whites. So it's part of the system, but it's not, it's not, you see these little memes on Facebook and things where it's a picture of nasturtiums, plant these and all your worries will go away. Mm. It doesn't quite work like that. So biodiversity is really more about that. It's growing a wider range of plants. And one of the best ones for cabbage white butterflies since you mentioned nasturtiums yeah. is having some brassicas that you leave to flower as much as possible year round and they bring in so they're a food source for the butterflies they're also a food source for birds because they can come and eat and other yeah. creatures and also things like parasitic wasps social wasps those kinds of insects which will feed on your bugs and I know, um, I've heard of farmers doing this on a farm scale. So they're protecting large feeds. I have to net my brassicas here. If I don't, the pigeons will have them. So I use I butterfly netting yeah. against caterpillars yeah. and pigeons. And butterfly netting has really small holes. Yep. So um, animals, birds do not get tangled up. I make sure it's properly pegged down. Um, and it's not so it's not going to harm birds or small mammals it's very important to peg all netting down for mm. that reason otherwise they can get caught up and die they find so a way in as well flowering ones separate and i even do it in my polytunnel as much as i can year round i've got wild rocket flowering in there at the moment i open the doors in the day and then mm. you're building up the ecosystem within your garden and it really makes a huge difference. It's not an overnight miracle worker, but the, the creatures will come to learn that this is a good place to live. You're going to be creating habitat for other creatures that you don't even notice are there. And it's, it works superbly. 
So that's Brilliant. the kind of thing I'm very passionate, passionate about hmm. because it makes a huge difference for pest control. I barely have to do anything apart from, I say, protect from pigeons. I haven't found a brassica I can grow that scares pigeons off. But um, yeah, so that's... Uh, but it's the same and it's the ecologically sound and you yeah. don't have to use any horrible chemicals, which I wouldn't anyway. Yeah. And I think in the soil as well, the no-dig principle in the soil is there's an awful lot more creatures in the soil that you would never see, even if you've got a microscope on them sometimes, that keeping that balance as well, because actually healthy soil equals healthy plant. Yeah, it's the, it's the key to everything, yeah. really. And um, as we can see globally, where there's depleted soils and it's having a catastrophic impact on mm. all kinds of life. And I think people imagine... Um, when I first got into no-dig gardening, you were just thinking, I was thinking about worms. I said, my children were little then as well, and we mm. used to sing songs about worms. And um, when you're digging the soil, you think, these poor little worms getting all chopped up. Yeah. Because we're, we're all aware of worms. They're actually quite cute. But actually the main key things in the soil, more than worms, are the microscopic flora and fauna and the fungi, which we've learned more about in recent years, which still is a, a phenomenal area of research. I don't know very much about it. It's been more and more um, studied. I mean, the fungal networks that they, it's, it helps plants with moisture. So it helps keep plants moist if you've got these fungal networks if, for, and it helps them to feed. It helps to protect their root systems against negative soil life, soil life that's harmful. And some scientists have seen it's, it's almost like a form of communication, like a communication network between the plants. I'm not sure what they're talking about, but, and this is the myc mycorrhizal and other fungi. And when you're digging, you destroy it. So yeah. that's, you dig it over, you are breaking up these fungal networks. And so if you're digging over your allotment for the winter, that's what you're doing. It's not the end of the world. If you then think, oh my goodness, I've broken up my fungal networks mulch the soil and leave it and this it will repair itself mm. so it's you know it's not catastrophic in that sense if you're constantly digging then you're going to be really destroying it but um if you look you in may the give shop, up in the end as well if you keep doing it yeah it's, and it, it'll probably say what's the point by mycorrhizae Mm. what is the point you know what you need is the mycorrhizae that is naturally occurring in your soil that will be the best mycorrhizae for where you are there's no point in buying mycorrhizae which is probably being imported from canada mm. where it's completely different climate growing conditions soil why when all you need to do is just not dig and the soil it's naturally occurring there and it's, and it's everything free. Will be happy yeah it's free as well you don't have it's to buy free, a lot of things yeah as you say, I mean, I often say to people all the years I've been doing gardening is um, you have to do your gardening or your veg growing or anything. You need to suit it to where you are. We'd all love to live in the Swiss Alps and have all these lovely tumbling, but you're not going to get it. You need to work with what you've got. Exactly. Make the best of what you have. And sometimes people are always trying to force something that is not going to grow where you, you may have the wrong soil, etc., etc. But if you're in a woodland setting where I am, you're not going to get a totally different kind of rolling hills type look so and sometimes people over force things and then wonder why ultimately it never really it's always trying to fight back and revert to what it wants to be yeah well I'm, i grow on heavy clay do you well i was going to say i've spoken to, to uh, charles dad i did speak to charles it's very interesting how he's been all over the world growing 
and his principle is it, it still works exactly the same where you are. Uh, well, Charles hasn't. I would suppose he has a bit. Um, he had a little bit in France. Yeah, and he said he had a bit in Africa as well because I was like, oh yeah, he was there for a while when he was yeah. younger. Yeah, that's it. But he says the, the principle is the same. You you can use no dig anywhere. Totally, Obviously. and we get sent photographs. And mm. yeah, I run quite a big facebook group which yeah. is international and so people from all around the world send post their photos of their gardens using very similar methods and it's working all over and in different climates sometimes you can tweak things a bit yeah just to suit where you are um which is exactly how gardening should be hmm. but yes it works very well all over the place yeah, very good um so you've been you've been had your allotment for 20 years 16. 16. Um, what have you, over those years, how, how did you start off that first 16 years? Have you started off with no dig at the beginning or have you? No, adapted? I didn't know about it. Actually, um, yeah, I, I didn't know anything about it. And um, also when we got the gardens, the, the allotments, so it was a brand new site. It had been allotments years and years before mm. and they'd been allowed to go um, completely grown over. So the council rotivated, gave us our plots, and they were full of stones, big stones like you build a house out of. And all of us yeah. dug the stones out. And all I knew about was digging the soil. And so that's what I did. And um, mm. it was, I mean, it was very, very weedy. And the problem with the rotivating that the council had done is there's cooch and bindweed there. And it just made that problem yeah. even worse. So I was battling all of that. And I'd heard, after I'd had my allotment for a few, two or three years, I'd heard about this bloke who was doing no dig nearby. And because we're quite near Glastonbury, I just <laughs> thought it was one of these, I thought, imagine this kind of hippie sitting there just letting things grow, man. And I thought, oh God, that sounds a bit weird. And weirdly enough, like within a year, I ended up working for him. Oh, <laughs> and right. I then saw yeah. um, what a no dig garden was like. And I think that was in the summer. And um, so that winter, I didn't dig my allotment over. I mulched it. And so it's been no dig now for about 12 years. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Well, often, as you say, this funny how these little connections in life happen. And exactly. Yeah. Organically. And as you say, they just happen and they work well. And he's, I, I, he's not a hippie. No, no, I can't see him. Um, no. I can't see him being a hippie. No, no. Doesn't no. quite fit that genre, shall we say. No, if he's got he's a lovely guy, he's a lovely. I mean, as you say, for looking after what he's got, it's, you need something that, as he says, he, he couldn't do that all. If he was digging that all over, no, he couldn't do it. No, the I weed burden would be enormous. Um, yeah, it would be crazy. And so it's, I mean, if you think, I, I put the allotment, people do all different kinds of things at my allotments. So we, we just get on. It does, you know, a lot, no one's allowed to use chemicals, so that's fab. But yeah. whatever style people want, it's entirely up to them. But I notice. Um, I'm surrounded by dairy farms. A lot of people at the allotments get a delivery of well-rotted cow manure every year and the no-diggers spread it on the surface of their bed so it takes them half a day and that's it, job done yep. for the whole year. And the diggers spread it on their beds and then spend the winter digging it in. And um, it's just so much more work. And there is literally no advantage to doing it and there's lots of disadvantages for doing mm. it. So uh, one thing that people sometimes say 
is that no dig is really expensive and that you because you have to use all this compost and it's mm. i think what they're misunderstanding is they see um maybe how charles set up homemakers and when that was a brand new garden it was when it was just the weedy pasture mm. for sure i mean we put six inches of compost on the ground to st but it was setting up a market garden immediately so yeah. it was worth it i think i think charles put about 450 pounds of the compost down and mm. in one year that first year he sold about 16 and a half thousand pounds with the vegetables so as an investment for a market garden it was super and then since then he's it's he but it's actually for most of us who are not having market gardens we're having like our own home gardens mm. you want to put about two three centimeters of compost on a year if you've got more that's great but that's fine. Some years I've done none on my plot um, as an experiment, really. I've used um, comfrey feeds and things like that, things made from the hedgerows, and it worked absolutely fine. So it is a bit of a myth that's flying around because you use the same amount of compost as you would do if you were a digger because digging the soil does not make it fertile. You have to be digging something in. I let the worms do the work. I, I use raised beds, and I have done for years. When I first went to have my lot, when the old boys you did the usual, or was it stamp collecting next year, son? And they saw me putting these beds in, and it, it's a bit of work to fill the beds up. Of course, after that, all I do now, I put a bag of compost on it, a barrel yeah, of compost. Very similar. And, and I, I, just, I, I let the worms do the work. I don't dig it at all. I just think well, it'll no. get its way in there. And the other, the rest of the soil life also incorporates it, all these microscopic yeah. organisms. It keeps it all good. Oh, brilliant stuff. Right, now Steph, we've all got veg that grows, kind of just happens and works for us. What is your veg heaven and veg hell? My favourite vegetable to grow is aubergines. Okay. It's uh, palava because I grow lots of different varieties. Yep. And um, I really like the long, thin purple ones and the long, thin green ones and the little round um, orange stripy ones and the big round yep. white ones. Get the idea. So I maybe grow 15 to 20 different varieties of aubergine a year. And that yep. involves, because um, it's all from seed, uh, that involves starting it really in February and grow lights are helpful and heated propagators are a must. So mm. I, it's quite labor intensive. This is purely for pleasure. You know, obviously I eat it as well, but this yeah. is my bliss are all these different aubergines. I do have a polytunnel. I was gonna so say. That is, and I absolutely love them. I think they're great and they just make me so happy. And, um, what kind of vegetable hell would you like? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Is, is there a plant that literally you... you you, everyone has one, Some, a lot of people is brassicas, that you've always tried and you never quite get, or very rarely get what, what you actually no, hope to get. Um, no, I mean, there's been nothing normal that I've wanted to grow that hasn't been, I mean, brassicas, I think, are quite easy hmm. if, it's, if you get the timing right and you protect them. Yes. Um, I think a lot of, unless you're, you know, if you're really unfortunate, you have somewhere with um, club root, then yeah, absolutely, that's a different thing. And sometimes... Um, people get like, horrible storms and knock over, over all their Brussels sprouts, which is mm. sad. Or you go away for a week and they get eaten by caterpillars, like happened to me. But um, the only things I find, yeah, some things um, that I'm, it's when I'm trying to grow something that is not for our climate. And the mm. one that I keep trying is blue butterfly pea. All because right. my dad lives in Asia and there they grow like weeds. They, yeah. they, they uh, scramble all over. And it's a beautiful blue flower, which is a natural, you can make tea from it, a really refreshing herb tea. Oh, it's a natural blue dye. So you can dye cakes with it. You can dye rice. Um, it's, you can dye vodka. If you make blue vodka with it, so you've got this amazing blue and then put some drops of um, lemon juice in it goes ultraviolet mm. it's it's wonderful so when I'm visiting dad I can bring back bags of the petals which is sorry yeah. got some to do that with and I've bought the seeds every year I try to grow it and because we really don't have the climate and I've tried growing it earlier in the year yeah. and obviously I do it in the polytunnel and they just get going when our daylight starts to drop but I am still trying yeah I could say because some some vegetables <coughs> and some plants obviously are, um, are obviously affected not not so much by the it's actual sunlight hours rather than the heat of the summer that does it and well, with b- blue butterfly pea it's both I mean it's a tropical plant it doesn't want to be here no whereas okay. other things that um grow like brilliantly it, like lemongrass there I can grow that fine here it's even with the frost it's still growing in the polytunnel um yeah that so that's the one but it's yeah it isn't it is it is um because it's not really wanting to grow here no i can't blame it that's fair enough now on to another thing i i hear we're talking about your allotment and do you have an allotment on your garden as well yeah i grow my back garden's all food too But, but you're going to be leaving it steph i am yeah i've sold my house you sold your house, yeah. yeah. Are, you, are, you, are you going far? Because obviously I know that you're not going to be working at homemakers anymore. No. Well, we, no. we both, and Charles and I own the business together. Yeah. So we're still doing um, 
things like the shows and stuff we're doing that together and uh, that kind of thing but I don't I'm not going to be doing the courses anymore because I'm going to Wales oh very nice too anywhere yeah, else so I had an offer accepted on a house yesterday oh ex- excellent and can you tell us a bit more about what your is it going to be a, is it a lovely garden with a house attached um, do you know, I, I saw a lot of properties. Um, mm-hmm. One of the strange things about um, the COVID rules at the moment is it's perfectly okay, as long as you know you sanitise your hands and wear a mask, to view houses. That's, that's allowed. So yep. you're not allowed to go and have a cup of tea with your friend, but you can no. go to houses. <laughs> so it was all perfectly legitimate. And yeah. I looked at lots of properties. And um, so I'm moving there obviously wanting to grow food I would like to have everything grown around my garden rather than having to keep going up the road um to the allotment that's my dream and I needed enough room so my children can visit they're all young adults they're all students and so I looked at all kinds of things and I I was coming oh I could get several acres and this would be fab and then I thought actually and I realistically I would never be doing anything else with my life so which isn't what I want. So it's just under half an acre, which is manageable. Yeah. And it's, um, there's not really any vegetables growing there. There's a tiny, tiny veg plot, but there's plenty of scope. And the house, I'm a food writer as well, so the kitchen's important to me. Mm, And there's plenty of space for me to do that side of my work as well. And really good Wi-Fi, which is important for my work as well. I imagine it would be, yes. One bit of luck I have where I live is we do have very good Wi-Fi, but um, yes, unfortunately it's often a bane of many people that their Wi-Fi is awful. But well, no, I hope it goes well for you because it's nice that you've got something you can create. And, um, and there's lo- many lovely parts of Wales. Yeah. As I say, so, um, as I say one, of my, um, one of my very first interviews with, with, well, I call him my most famous Welsh, which is Terry Walton. And as you say, he's been growing vegetables in the valleys for, ooh, forever. As I say, so and as you say, as, as, as I say, so it's a lovely place. And as I say, you can, it's nice you can start something, you can create something. I'm sure you'll have your veg garden and kitchen done first. So um, <laughs> best of luck with it. But yeah, no, as you say, because um, I'm going to be moving. Admittedly, I'm only, I'm moving counties, but where I live, I can be in three different counties in about five minutes. But um, I had to give up my allotment the other day because I knew I was going to be moving. Fingers crossed, touch wood. Mm. And uh, as you say, and that's what I've always wanted. I said to my wife, we need to move somewhere where I don't have to keep, sometimes on a Sunday morning, I don't want to have to go up and think what do I need. It'd be nice to just walk into my garden and grab some carrots, mm. get, get a cabbage, all these sort of things. Whereas sometimes you kind of sit there and oh, go up to the, it's, it's not far to my allotment, but you know what I mean? It'd just be nice to be able to little things come home off because I work as a gardener for a living landscaper. I don't always want to go up my allotment in the evening sometimes. I've had enough of the sun and everything. But whereas if it's right outside, I probably would do that a little bit, those little things you want to do. So, well, best of luck with it. Hopefully it all yeah. goes through. Yeah, hopefully. That'd be nice. Well, it'd be a brand new chapter. I look forward to reading about it on your blog as well. Thank you. Although, I will, one thing I do love about Somerset is some of the names. I don't know where about, is it a Bruton you're in? I'm in Bruton, yeah. Yeah, I love, because the time I've, I've only been there a couple of times, but wonderfully named, it was near Huishas Coley. Oh, I think that's totally mispronounced when I first went there, and Curry Ribble, and I just thought... Oh, yeah, yeah. Nowhere else in this country would you find such, such a wonderful name. I don't, but, um, but, and I got Huishas Coley totally wrong. 
<laughs> and then someone said, I was born there. I went, oh, right, how do you say it? And I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's all fun. <laughs> right, next question. Um, are you much of a seed saver or propagator, or do you prefer to buy a fresh packet every year? So I've been doing quite a lot of seed saving. Um, I do as much as is feasible. Okay. So um, certain things I would never save the seed of would be things like squashes and courgettes. Okay. Because they are very um, inter-cross-pollinating. Yeah. So I think if you're, they take quite a long time to grow. And if you are wanting a particular kind of squash for good flavour or good storage, I want to know, and they take space too, I mm. want to know that I'm going to get what I um, am hoping for. So for those, I am really happy to buy the seeds and support um, independent seed companies that are able to grow them without, yeah. uh, you know, in control conditions so they don't cross-pollinate. There's also a very slight risk, but horrible risk, that if they cross-pollinate, they will, they've, got a, they've all got a latent gene and mm -hmm. it can trigger this, which makes the fruit bitter. And if it's bitter tasting, it's toxic. So you yeah. might, I've spoken with people who've had three days of horrible food poisoning and there are cases where people have died so that's why i wouldn't seed save but other things are really easy to save the seeds from peas and things like that so i save those um i've been saving a lot of the flower seeds of the things that i grow for the biodiversity and edible flowers yep i've actually got them all piled up behind me at the moment um ready to go in envelopes and That's so I do as much as I can. I mean, it's the thing with seed saving as well. It's very much about space. So for mm. a lot of gardeners, and you might not have the space to let something keep growing right yeah. to the point of being able to harvest. Yeah. And so it's finding a balance, I think. So if you can save a few seeds, that's great. Um, if you can't, then you can be happy that you're supporting a small company or wherever you choose yeah. to get them from. Because a lot of the seed companies, I've noticed some of the smaller independent, well, even some of the medium sizes, they seem to be being brought up by the bigger people, I've noticed as well lately. Yeah, one company less in less particular. Huh? <laughs> one company in particular yeah. last week, I think it was. Yeah, yeah so there are... Names, they seem yeah. to be, you think you're dealing with one company when you're not really. And I think a lot of seed companies are buying seeds from the same source so that mm. you might think I'm buying from Fred Bloggs and Co, you know, their carrot seeds. Mm. And then your allotment neighbour might be buying them from Betty Smith's seeds. Yeah. And they could all be actually from the same right. seed. But you could be paying a pound more for yeah. Betty Smith's, for example. But um, so the small seed companies that you are open pollinated and heritage mm. uh, they are there's several here that are um super they're really good to support um you know real seeds and vital seeds and the seed co-op um there are there's a really good seed company in ireland called brown envelope seeds and bingenheimer sat good in um, their biodynamic seeds and organic seeds in germany the yep. problem with the german and the irish seeds which at the moment it's legal to import is 
it could be tricky next year because of Brexit. Um, Ooh, we've got this far about mentioning that word. I know. Well, I'm not going to get political about it. It's just a fact about it is, it is seed it importing. Yeah. yeah. Um, got to be careful importing seeds from the United States and other places like that. There's um, special certificates that some mm. seeds have to have and they can be seized at customs. And yeah. um, be really, really careful buying anything off eBay because unless you know it's an eBay company that is a recognisable company, people have been getting seeds sent from goodness knows where, and often they're just really old and unviable. Yeah. So it's a well, waste of money. Yeah. And I've known people buy some via my Facebook group, and they've bought um, seeds, so they, they've expected, let's say, a butternut squash. You can mm. picture what that looks like. And the thing that they've grown is some weird gourd-like thing and mm. we're having to say look just don't eat it because you don't know what it is and mm. it could be unscrupulous it could have been fine but it's mm. not quite certain. and seed swaps are really good again you want to be careful anybody selling their squash seed or offering squash seed i wouldn't touch that but it, that's a really good way of um sharing seeds and another thing that can you could do with like get together with friends and each of you choose one plant so you could say yeah. choose that you're going to grow a particular variety of really good lettuce mm. and share that with your friends and somebody else is going to supply you all with a particularly gorgeous tomato and that way you're spreading it amongst your community yeah that's, that's very good. I mean, also the other bit of that is you all get to try it, and you yeah. may well find the person who grew it can't stand it, but the person on the next block might say, I like that. So they yeah, found exactly. themselves. It's, a, it's a, part of the thing of having a, I mean, that is one good thing of being on an allotment with other allotmenteers, is you can do that. And obviously, if you're on your own in your garden, you don't necessarily have that. But um, it swings around about, unfortunately, in that sense, isn't it? Totally, yeah. So that's cool. All My Reads gives you unlimited access to more than a hundred specialist books, from history to mystery, rockets to royals, planes to trains, bikes to biographies, and much, much more. Access the digital books across multiple devices, including your desktop, tablet, and phone. All My Reads is just $4.99 per month. Visit allmyreads.com to find out more. Browse the extensive range of titles, and try your first month for just 99 pence. Get ready to browse and begin. Right. What are the greatest um, lengths or depths your love, love of growing vegetables have taken you to? I don't know. I think because I'm so obsessed about it all. <laughs> it's such an integrated <laughs> lot part of, of my life. life. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's fair enough. It's basically, there are no lengths or depths you wouldn't go to for your vegetable step. I think we can leave it at that. I think that is pretty much. I mean, yeah, yeah. when I got my polytunnel, yeah. which was that was really good fun it was like half the people at the local pub came and helped me put it up this was about 10 years ago Very and good. my one of my children said that I preferred vegetables to them because I'd built my vegetables a polytunnel and I'd never done anything for my own children I'm sure they don't hold it against you Steph <laughs> but, they are really, but I think it was because it's <laughs> some 12 by 40 feet and I think they were thinking oh this is brilliant party place yeah. for us <laughs> Get out, yeah, they're nice to the vegetables. No, that's great. Well, there you do, though, when, you, when you've got things like that. That's what happens. And also, yeah, kids just have to learn that sometimes. Yeah. I think they were, they were teasing me. 
I'm sure they were. I'm sure they would let you, they will let you remember. They'll tell you that every so often, though. Yeah, totally. Right. Now, here's a question. Steph, you're marooned on an island in the middle of nowhere. Fortunately, it's a fertile desert island, but you've got, you can take one packet of seeds, one song with you, one book. What would your choices be for your desert island veg? Oh, goodness. Um, probably squash, actually, because um, I think hopefully on the desert island there will be greens and... Oh, it's very fertile, this desert island. So I think um, if I brought squash, then you know you've got plenty of dinners. Cool, yeah. And um, it will be tasty, yummy, cooked in an open fire in the embers. Oh, and lovely. Yeah, a really nice nutty squash. That would be yum. And a song. Do you know, I don't know if I'd want to take one because then you'd have the same song over and over again and it would drive you mad. Fair enough. You can, you can do that. And um, a book, it would just have to be a really big, thick one, wouldn't it? Well, you can take your own as well, Steph. I perfectly allow that. I, I, I don't really want to take my own, no. I think no. I know what I'd I've say. Enough of it. Um, it would need to be, um, I'm not sure which one, but I would take a very large collection of short stories. Okay. One, preferably one written by lots of different authors, so a collection, so that um, you've got different voices and different experiences and different styles. It, that would be um, interesting. And then by the time we got to the end, hopefully I'd, I'd have forgotten what the what story at the beginning was and I could start again. There you go. Perfect answer. Perfect answer. Right, here's another one for you. What is your favourite season of the year? Autumn. Lovely. That's a very popular answer, Autumn. Mine as well. Um, I like the smell. I like the smell of it. It's a bit... And also, I think when you grow vegetables, it's not... It's not a putting garden to bed time of year because there's the next lot of things coming on, you know, you're starting and there's Transition. and yeah. the Brussels sprouts are nearly ready and they're one of my favourite things. I get, oh, I love Brussels sprouts okay. and winter vegetables are so yummy and I really, really like preserving and there's lots of that in the autumn. This year's been a bit weird, of course, because although I've got leeks and Brussels sprouts and all the rest of it in the garden and the allotment, mm. I have and I've got some plants in the polytunnel. I haven't been growing as much as I normally would for over winter. I haven't planted any garlic. I haven't planted any broad beans because I'm moving. And um, that's been a bit strange. Yeah. Yes, but in a normal year, it's still quite busy. And then I love making all the compost, you know, chopping up yeah. the sweet corn stems. And I like it making little houses for all the wild things to hibernate in. And that's really nice and uh, walks and I like the fact that I can light the fire in the evening and that's cozy and that's I like to get the idea yeah but I'm gonna miss it we're moving but where we're going to I've got two log burners it hasn't got any log burners at the moment and I said to my wife I'm gonna miss that we had, we just put a little fire on every night mm. so these are the little things I'm gonna miss and I must admit because I gave my allotment up because I thought someone else it's a good time to start an allotment is in the autumn time. So I said, oh, it's no point me keeping it on for a bit because I'm moving out of the area. I can't mm. keep the allotment, unfortunately. And I've actually missed it this last month. Because oh. I, I, I used to just pot it down. It's my, my escape. People say to me, but you garden all day. You're landscaper. What do you want to do more? And I just said, yeah, but 
I can just go down there and and I can lose myself for two hours and I might not have really done very much. You have a chat with some fellow plot holders and you just, as you say, getting on doing things, as you say, pulling up, as you say, your sweet corner things, chopping up, messing around. I've missed putting, like you, my, gar my garlic and onions I always put in in October, November time. Of course, not this year. Um, so, but you say, it's, it's a funny time, as I say, as you say, you, you forget how much you miss it when it's gone, I suppose is the easiest way yeah. to say it. Well, I've so, still got my allotment until I move, but it's got leaves. Yeah, no, I, I just felt so I'm not giving them up. Yeah, I took some Brussels sprouts because my old allotment—they're actually going to turn into a bit of a nature area. So I'd kind of been because I, I made before I left. I've got some got the um, local beekeepers involved, so I should still pop back there. But yeah, I just thought—I mean, it was a bit. I did have some of the Brussels sprouts off it, but I think I imagine once I kind of went, they probably just. Well, I know everyone, everyone kept ringing, saying, oh, could I have that? Could I have that? So I went back for a few weeks afterwards and picked a few um, uh, sprouts and got a couple of cabbages. But yeah, it was sad. It's kind of the best year I've had them, to be honest. But that's sod's law, isn't it, I suppose? It, oh, isn't that always the way? Yeah, yeah, this year I'm happy to say my Brussels sprouts are super. And yeah. I'm, but I'm going, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> yeah, please, come on now. Before Christmas, if possible. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, who do you think has been your biggest influence on your horticultural career, shall we say, or in your gardening life? Oh, um... Doesn't have to be a famous person. Gosh, well, I mean, really, I suppose, I'm trying to think, I'm, getting into gardening, it would mm -hmm. have been things like knowing that my granddad, my great-granddad had an allotment and my granddad who grew strawberries. Mm -hmm. So if that would have been then, and Jeff Hamilton on TV, yep. And that kind of thing sort of got me the idea that you can grow food. Because yeah. my parents didn't really do that, or they didn't do it at all. Um, I got into it in my mid-teens. and um, But I mean, the way I garden, for sure it would be Charles, because I use a lot of them, his methods. I've then adapted them, because he's always been a market gardener, and I've then adapted them to suit... Yeah. growing in a normal garden growing on an allotment scale I do some things a bit differently which is ever so handy actually because it means that between the pair of us we cover quite a breadth of experiences um and I really yeah Alice Fowler I really like her work too hmm. so um there's, uh, there wouldn't be just one person but for sure the way I garden it would have to be Charles Fair enough. Is Charles going to miss you? Because you do a lot of the cooking on the courses, don't you? I think he might miss the food, but I'm sure he'll get somebody lovely to do yeah. it. Is he any good at cooking himself? Yeah, he's very good. Not as good as me, obviously, but well, he's a better gardener. <laughs> exactly. But mind you saying that, doing all the work and cooking might be a bit of a, bit of a struggle, but there you go. It might be a bit complicated, but no, yeah. he's, um, he is, uh, he'll get somebody and it will be, they'll be really nice courses. That'll be lovely stuff. Right, one of a couple of my funny questions now. Uh, Queen Victoria's just turned up in a time machine, there, and she wants you basically to design and do her lovely wall garden out of Osborne House. And now, because you have a time machine, you can have three people to help you do all the work on Osborne House and in the vegetable garden. Who would you choose to take with you? And you can have them from any point of time. The magic of the time machine. Oh God! Well, I'll have Alice Fowler then. Yeah, very good. Um, gosh, who else would be handy in a vegetable garden? 
I think I'd quite like William Blake. He's come up. Not, before, not sure how good he'd be at growing vegetables, but he'd be ever so interesting to have around. This is the bit. It's about having the yeah all the different people to try, and it doesn't just have to be a vegetable garden. No, incorporate other things in it. And then I'm also going to have Joni Mitchell, who um, but Joni Mitchell um, from her heyday, and she can like sing us some songs. There you go. I, I thought that, I was thinking that for a second. I was thinking, I don't know the garden can journey, Mitch. I think I've heard a thing. That's fine. No, I see, this is it. Right. Now, because you've been become so famous from doing um, Queen Victoria's Gardens there. Oh, great. Basically, would it be strictly come dancing, dancing on ice, bake off, I think I'm going to know the answer, or SAS, who dares wins? Oh, good. Plummet is like I, to try. I've actually, I've only ever seen. Um, strictly come dancing. I, I don't really have. I don't have a proper television, so I don't know oh, what the other programs are. I should have known this because I asked this question to Charles, and he went, "I don't have a telly." Yeah, one of those smart screens that I got in the lockdown. So I hadn't had a telly for ten years. Oh, there's nothing I, wrong with that. It's no, no, no. I just it blew up, and I never replaced it. It's quite refreshing. So yes. it'll have to be Strictly Come Dancing because I've seen that at my sister's house and uh, me and my niece did some of the dances badly. Yeah. So that's what I've got to do. I'm, not, I'm actually not very coordinated, so I don't think we'd win. Probably best not dancing in icing because it hurts when you... I, I can't yeah, yeah, I'm not famous for my ice skating, it has to be yeah. said. And the SAS Who Dares Wings is probably just... I don't even know what that is. That sounds... It basically, they... They take normal people and celebrities and um, kind of you spend two weeks being shouted at by XSAS. So just no. imagine very cold, lots of long runs, early morning starts. No. Basically, yeah. All the things you want to do to join the SAS. Which no, I don't want to do that, no. No, I can't say. I'd, I, if I was a decent cook, I'd do Bake Off. But there's a discussion on Bake Off. There was on the radio the other day. Is, what is baking and what is cooking? And no one could really quite put their foot on it. <laughs> yeah, and baking isn't really my bliss. I like to do yeah. it a bit, but I yeah. prefer savoury food. I'm not sure I want to make cakes, really. This is what much. they were saying on, on the Bake Off. They blend it in between the two of them sometimes. And actually, a chef necessarily, a chef wouldn't necessarily excel at Bake Off because you say it's lots of, yeah, cakes and savouries and things like that and, and pastries, which they should be good. But interesting. One. That's fair enough. Strictly come dancing. Right, now you, you've got your lovely blog, Steph, and you do lots of social media, et cetera, et cetera. But um, what do you think, how do you, which delivers your message best, do you think? Is it your writing? Is it your blogging? Is it your social media or your courses? Um, that's an interesting one because I'm quite bookish. Um, I, my preferred way of absorbing information is reading it. And one of the things I discovered from doing um, Instagram short videos, I'm going to do YouTube when I move, yep. but at the moment I haven't. And, um, but when I started doing um, the Instagram TV thing on my phone um, during the first lockdown, some yep. of the feedback I got from people was how happy they were because they preferred things visually. They preferred yep. seeing and having things explained. And I think that so... 
I think it very much would depend on the individual. Mm. I mean, for myself, I think, oh, it's what I write. It's the articles I write. It's the blogs. It's the books. But it might actually be the photographs on Instagram that is better for somebody else and the short descriptions. And um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's good to be aware. I mean, I used to be a teacher, so I am aware that I was an English teacher mm. of um, years and years ago of the fact that people learn in different ways. Mm. But it's good to be reminded. And I thought feedback like that, I found very, very helpful. I think that's the thing about feedback, or as I said, it comes in many different forms. As you say, if some the general feed, feedback is good, is, is structured. It actually, as you say, what, what may be your preference doesn't necessarily mean it's everyone else's preference, which I suppose is nice that you can cover all those bases so you can incorporate everyone into it. Because as you say, well, not everyone has Twitter or, or Instagram. Exactly. The vast, vast majority of people wouldn't would think, oh, I'm not getting involved in that. So no, I think it's good that you cover all those bases. Right, finally, Steph, we all know you're going to move. Are there any little other plans you've got that you hope to get off the ground in the next foreseeable future, six months, a year? So I'm writing my third book. Uh, my very, very patient publishers, um, it was supposed to be published very soon, but because of all the big changes and the year yep. that we've all had, um, yep. we decided um, to move it. So that will be sometime next year, as yet undecided. Um, it's nearly finished, just not quite. And that's a gardening book growing year round in normal spaces, very much based on what I've done here. For example, because I grow domestically, I grow for the kitchen table. Um, back in the day, I've run kitchen gardens for um, quite well-known people and things. So I've done it as a job too. But at home, I grow, for, if you compare it, say, with what Charles grows, I grow far more fruit, more, far more varieties of fruit, far more varieties of herbs, because this is for a family and yes. home cooking. Rather, obviously, with Charles, he's thinking market gardening as well as home cooking. Um, so it's looking at that. There's a lot about growing different kinds of fruits and different herbs and, and ways of growing year round that you can make yourself. It's not all about and now go and buy this expensive piece of equipment. So I'm right. That's the book I'm writing at the moment. Um, hopefully, hopefully um, the show garden that Charles and I designed for Hampton Court in 2020 that is going ahead for 2021 so that's what we're hoping so yeah. that will be um, lovely yeah that will be very exciting and the design so all the designs done and we're doing it with um, our project manager is Chris from Chris Smith from Pennard Plants which is okay, yeah. great and so I will be there um, for the setting up, I'll be doing that with Chris and his team. And then for the actual show, Charles and I will be there giving talks and all the rest yeah. of it. So hopefully that will happen. That'd be very nice because um, I, could, I could come and visit you there. That's, you um, can. Every come that's and visit our, our allotment. So yeah. that, that's exciting. Uh, we're currently discussing a project with Malvern, Archas Malvern, which um, looks, again, very interesting and fun. So one of the differences, because of the work I do, not having a market garden, I'm more flexible in a way, so I can like take a week out and go somewhere and do things for the work, our business, so yeah. 
the work we do together. So that's kind of how we're splitting things. So that's exciting. And then, you know, Charles is speaking there, I'll speak there, and, and that will be lovely. I'm trying to think what else. Um, it's surprising when you, you say that, how much, as you say, you've missed out on this year when you suddenly start totally, putting it together. Yeah. yeah, and I'm planning um, another book for later on. And I want to do a lot more on the food. The food writing's taken a bit of a back step. I've just started a new feature for 2021 for Kitchen Garden Magazine so I'm really excited about that so every month um, yeah. that project and uh, yeah I think uh, I think that's quite a lot really well, yeah, <laughs> and setting up a garden I was going to say with your allotment in your garden and the work you do at Homemakers and the other places you do you, there's not much time left for you on the film I, I do sleep well. I, yeah, good. <laughs> I go yeah. to bed about nine o'clock and out like a light. I bet you do, yeah, I bet you do. Well, yes, this is good. Well, that's it. well thanks, for, um, thanks for coming along for this. As I say, it, it, sure, it's going to appear on some form of kitchen garden. So, and and I'll, um, I'll do it on a transcript and put it on my website as well. For, okay. Uh, as in, in the written work, because as you say, some people listen to podcasts and some people like reading a thing. But thank you very much for doing it for me. And as I say, hopefully we'll all be next year. All these shows can go back on. And um, I look forward to seeing you at Hampton Court. As I say, yeah. I can, that's not very far from where I live, really. About half an hour, I would say. Yeah, well, we've um, got my fingers crossed, hopefully. I think, I think they, the RHS seem to be pretty sure that they're going to get the shows going again. So, mm. But no one knows. But I, as you say, you've just got to plan that you can but know that maybe you can't but i think that's all we can do in this uh, current yeah time. I, it's you've got to have some things to look forward to really and but now it's with a bit of if it happens <laughs> yes it is unfortunately i th I, th I think i'm hopeful that it will but yeah. as you say we just yeah let's be hopeful yeah but I'm, and i look forward to seeing your thing in the kitchen garden as well so your new your new articles as they say thank then, you but um, thank you very much for joining me, and um, well done for getting nominated last night. But um, maybe next year your new book will be there. Fingers Who crossed. knows? Yeah. Who knows? But thank you very much for joining me, Steph. Thank you very right. much indeed. Thanks. Bye. Bye bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe to Kitchen Garden Prime for just four ninety nine per month. You'll be getting a whole lot for your plot, including an easy read tablet and phone edition to read anywhere, anytime. Exclusive access to 10 years of digital back issue archives, access to exclusive content from the online allotment, the Mudcuteers website. Plus, the monthly print magazine will be delivered free to your door each month. Head to classicmagazines.co.uk forward slash KG Prime to sign up today. 
or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.